0: Welcome to the Star Citizen Neuralcast, brought to you by Cognition Corp and its community organizations. This is a weekly and sometimes bi-weekly podcast dedicated to bringing you the most neutral Star Citizen information and general discussion concerning game mechanics and lore. I'm Lumen the Hunter, and joining me today are Witch Doctor from Kulin Nation, Greetings, And members of Cognition Corp, Snip Atomic, Hello, Dukum, Hello, Toys Army, Hey, Lumen, And Vomac, Hey. A big thanks to our Patreon backers for funding our current giveaways and supporting the show. Patreon backers get to participate in exclusive LTI ship raffles, enter the referral code into advertised promotions, and for only about 50 cents an episode, they get access to our pre-show podcast where we go over the news in greater detail. Our winner for the Alpha 2.6.3 Patreon-exclusive LTI Drake Herald is Vomac. Congrats. Oh, shit.
1: Really? Damn.
0: Yeah, I hid that Ooh. from you the entire pre-show, actually. <laughs> what wow. wow proud of myself wow (laughs) what did i win uh lti drake Herald. sweet for information on how to support the show visit us at patreon.com cognition so we have a lot to go over for news for the last two weeks Uh, we can't cover all of it and uh just yesterday they dropped the alpha 3.0 schedule and we'll go over that in some detail but we actually want to release a highly detailed step-by-step full coverage episode of the 3.0 schedule which we'll do later this week but for now we'll at least try to touch upon it really quick question on that i I didn't see anything on squadron 42 maybe
2: i just missed it
0: nope nothing on squadron 42 nothing whatsoever
2: so nothing on squad 42 and nothing on mining
0: or salvage yeah
2: the only the only thing you know is that this prospector is being worked on as of last week and Mm -hmm. the reclaimer has been worked on since december yeah as far as the mechanics nope didn't say nothing.
0: So last week's Round the Verse, Trouble at Drake, was all about uh, an in-lore explanation of how the Cutlass changes have come about and showing off where we're going to be with the Cutlass. And it looks great. The newest uh, schedule has the Cutlass coming out uh, late May, but it does look like it's making significant progress in the meantime. Uh, Looks like the rotating nacelles are gone, like we all suspected. It looks like they're fixed and it has gotten significantly bigger now the biggest improvement i thought was the pilot seat and co-pilot
1: seats well now they're aren't they just going up and down like they're like in an above platform and they can if they want to get off the seat they need to like basically go down like a, a mechanical system
0: but in a way, they're no longer blocking each other from entering or exiting. Whereas before, uh, you had to go single file, and it was it was a lot clunkier, I believe, to enter and exit. Not even to mention the fact that the view that is much better now that the seat actually raises.
1: Oh yeah, I just see that becoming an easy way to die. You're doing something just beneath the pilot seat. The pilot seat needs to go to the bathroom. He lowers. He crushes you to death. The end.
0: Well, that's... Uh, The nature of the drake beast, I think, is just (laughs) lack of safety regulations. Yes. So we did get Alpha 2.6.3 published alive. It was roughly, what, two or three weeks away from 2.6.2. So it was very quick. It makes more sense now that we know that 3.0 is going to be the very next large patch. So maybe they just wanted something that was stable in in another iterative patch upon 2.6 rather than hotfixes or... Um, a smaller version of 2.6.2. 2. Gamescom tickets are going to be on sale here pretty soon. Uh, it's going to be held August 25th, and we expect Alpha 3.0 to come out before then. But I wouldn't be surprised if we see more finalized version of 3.0 with planets and more professions, things like that, um, to appear around Gamescom. And possibly CitizenCon will be showing off uh, more information on Squadron 42.
1: Yeah, who's gonna go uh, to Gamescom from here? And this is man, would I like to? Yeah, which doctor are you gonna go? That's pretty close for you.
3: Yeah, I'm seriously considering it. I'll just have to see what uh, my situation's like. If I in any way can, I'll be there. Cool.
2: Well, and then who's gonna go to uh, the continually renamed event that everyone's putting together in Austin for those not going to Frankfurt? So. You know, you had um, Commander Z-Man, Roost Mash, Sophie Girl, a lot of the Bar Citizen people involved, a lot of the Twitch streamers. You know, they're all putting on a really big event in Austin. So, not What's CIG run, but uh, right now it's called VerseCon, but it's it's been through probably four name changes that I know of. so. Okay. <laughs> but in in spirit, they're working on it. It should actually be like a pretty big thing. CIG isn't putting it on, but you never know who shows up. There's all kind of talk of all different kind of things going on. So. Sort of initial planning stages, but a lot of people are involved and a lot of people are going to go. So, And and there's no date for CitizenCon yet either. All, it's just historically, we all know it's going to be October. So, The people that are involved in the scale that people are talking is really big.
0: Well, it's good to know. I was actually considering maybe going. If I know more people are actually thinking about it, maybe I'll put a little more effort into it. Oh, and tickets for Gamescom will be going on sale starting Saturday, April 22nd into sunday april 23rd so if you are considering going to gamescom pay attention to the rsi website in the coming days
2: april the 29th both the competitive leagues and star citizen are hosting tournaments on twitch so the star citizen competitive club is going to be doing arena commander and the star citizen combat league is going to be doing star marine so april 29th is going to be really busy for competitive people like should be a good time
0: nice it'll be fun to watch cool and isn't british and con coming up in the next few days is it yes 22nd of april yeah too busy too busy
2: yeah yeah this coming saturday yeah a week from today and their event was really cool last year they had um
1: brian chambers and
2: yeah yeah they had some really 42 uk
1: i think they were doing the the event this year in a in a hotel that's next to the manchester airport i think There you go. Something like a a main transport hub. Mm -hmm. They've made it very convenient for for people to pop in. Yeah, a lot of
0: exciting events coming up. That's great to hear. And the Around the Verse this week was on the Javelin, the UEE's destroyer ship, and it was absolutely amazing. Uh, Never have I regretted not spending $2,500 on ones and zeros before.
1: (laughs) It's uh, Yeah, it was a bit of a ship porn, I have to say. Actually, something I did want to point out, it's like um, about, you know, criticism and so on within Star Citizen is like they've actually listened to the community when it comes to that massive beam that they had on the deck of the Javelin and they've removed it because the community complained about it. So that's just to show that if you have some constructive feedback to give, and you you voice it out and you know, you have backing from the community that they're actually willing to to listen and, and make changes accordingly. It yeah. looks a lot better now than it did before. Yeah.
0: If you have any friends that would like to try out the game and haven't yet, there is a free fly that just started, the Spring 2947 free fly and speaking of having your friends try out the game they are going to revamp the referral code system Um, supposedly they will be adding more tiers possibly changing around some of the lower tiers as well we don't really know they have a referral contest coming up which they tease uh, will have a pink dragonfly uh, which still confuses me a bit because they talked about being able to change the colors of ships around and make them custom. So I don't know what's so unique about a pink one, but it is interesting, and hopefully we'll hear a little bit more in the coming weeks. Well, I want I want to paint my Polaris pink.
1: <laughs> oh my, like bright neon pink, it'll be painful just to look at it. Name it the Priapism. Yes. We we can move on. Oh <laughs> my god! <laughs>
0: no, no, it's a space Cheeto, not a space dick. Okay.
1: Anyways, um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to seeing what this referral code revamp is going to be. Getting somebody into the game should give you something better than turrets for your ship. I'm sorry, but
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. The medals are kind of cool, but uh, I, I I would prefer a route that's just more flair, personally. Yeah, I agree. So this week they unveiled the 3.0 scheduled production report and overall the biggest brush we can paint with it is that they expect it to be out late June. Now, it does seem to have a few features removed from what we previously thought would 3.0 would come out with. It will only come out with the three moons uh that we had previously heard about uh Selen, Yela and Demar and with a stretch goal of Delamar with the landing zone Levski uh, coming with it. One quote that I thought was very uh, important to emphasize, just to give people a sense of scale, they mentioned in the weekly newsletter, quote, It takes about four and a half hours to circumnavigate Selen in a dragonfly at full afterburn, or 12 and a half days of walking. If every single person registered through RSI today stood on the same moon at the same distance from each other, they wouldn't even see each other.
1: That's crazy, man.
0: It's absolutely insane. And this is one moon surrounding one planet in one of the hundred systems.
2: I mean, it's the kind of scale that we want to see. Absolutely. Who's all excited about this? This is this is exciting stuff, right?
1: Just, just imagine just being in the middle of nowhere and somebody manages to track you down. You can't do anything. Nobody's going to find you in time. You're just gone.
0: Yeah, and it gives, it lends more credibility to the fact that you might be able to start a farm out in the middle of nowhere and really honestly expect that you may not be able to fi-
3: be found. Do you think um, we'll have underground bases at some stage?
0: The, I think we'll have them, but whether or not we can build them is a whole other topic. Who knows?
3: Yeah, that's my question. Or even <laughs> just have a base that's just under the Earth to, like, use it to, like, cool the base on a hot planet or something. Yeah.
0: Well, we do know there are some underground places, because like you mentioned earlier during the pre-show, there are some planets where the uh, the radiation and heat and other weather effects are so brutal, they have to have their bases underground. So, I mean, I don't know if we'll ever that be whole given... whole underground. Yeah, exactly. We don't know if we'll be given the power to actually do or
1: to create something like that, but we do know that they will be in the game. It will be pretty kick ass to, to create like a base in a fully radiated planet that is just barren and you're just like camping there. And it, it's almost like an evil scientist slayer. Yeah. Deal.
3: Yeah. Or even just put one into the side of a cliff would be a maze
0: I don't know, Skull Island or nothing, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah. Out of all the things that they've outlined for 3.0's release, the thing that seems to be the uh, longest in development and the biggest blocker is uh, network bind culling and the networking system altogether. Now, it is a stretch goal to get it in for 3.0. I think it's reasonable for us to expect it to stretch actually into 3.1,
1: but with some additions being added along the way. Yeah, it seems to be a, a a lot more of a transitional update, very much like two point six has turned out to be, where they they kind of like add in the the whole three point or what we were expecting it to be into layers like a tiramisu.
0: Yeah so the old forum systems have officially been archived and now spectrum is the primary source for forum interaction and the old dev tracker has now been transferred to spectrum comments from uh, this point forward so at least that didn't break and is still functional going forward until the game really has con- uh, more content and until in-game voip is integrated with spectrum i wouldn't ex- expect spectrum to be fully populated on a regular basis
3: May the old Not forum really. rest in peace. <laughs> yeah, let's have a moment of silence for the old forum.
2: Can we have a moment of joy that the Katamari <laughs> thread is no longer a thing? Like, <laughs> I, I feel like I need to express this because there was about five posters in that, and I think they made like three good points and tens of thousands of views. Like, <laughs> <laughs> tens of thousands of comments. It, it was just this? a bunch of echoes. What they merged every flight model discussion into and forced everybody into, and it went on for way too long, and opinions got expressed and re-expressed until it was just an echo chamber of, I'm yelling at my own stuff, and I don't like you or your opinion, and it was very negative. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure We're Spectrum it will get the experience. same
1: thing soon, don't worry.
2: Oh, it'll never happen.
1: It'll never happen.
0: I'm gonna hold you to that. You'll break my heart when mm-hmm. it happens the player interaction system now allows for highlighting of objects in a more sophisticated manner on the um, dev side of things they showed off in a video this week on around the verse that they were able to control more things in their more switches and dials in their ship and that this system will proliferate to terminals displays and kiosks outside of our ships now it does seem a little bit mouse intensive and mouse focused but maybe with track ir or Other systems, it'll become a little bit easier to use and more um, peripheral agnostic. They also recently showed off the render to texture tech, which will be used by the UI team to allow for uh, the user interface to render properly with changes to display and focus. Now, this is mainly to do with text and readability, but allows people to customize their depth of field and field of view without sacrificing the readability and usability of text and items within the game.
2: yeah Yeah, this is a good change like there's no way to have like all the for huds in a ship for example there's no way to have everything legible for every computer and for vr too as well one day and just to be able to pull the text that you need to see when you focus on it pull it away from where it is a little bit have it contrast be nice and sharp where you can read it is it's a good change it it solves a lot of other issues that the art team would be dealing with endlessly forever so it's awesome.
1: It feels like an augmented reality experience now, uh, which I'm I'm a big proponent
2: for. Yeah. How cool is that, man? I'm like, <laughs> we got Microsoft Hololens in, in here too now. Woo! I
1: know, man. <laughs> don't don't get me talking about a Hololens. I'm like a fanboy.
0: <laughs> Speaking of VR support, they have reaffirmed that VR support is a, a thing they want to add eventually but since it would break as they go along and continue along the game they really only want to add it when they're near the end of production and it makes more sense from a development point of view
1: yeah i i very much agree with that from the point of view that the the the, the within the community the 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 portion of the community that would be able to or would want to be doing vr would be extremely small like a very small percentage of it compared to the to the wider user base and uh, yeah i think it should not be something that should be expending any significant amount of resources in nowadays
2: yeah. yeah i agree it's it's not the right time for it either it's you know a lot of the work that goes on to it is going to have to be done for other things anyway they already know that so and until they can get the game running a constant 90 frames a second anyway it's it's a complete moot point if it has vr or not you're just going to have a lot of people getting headaches <laughs> literally getting head literally getting headaches because the game now even on five gigahertz cabbie late, you know and it's cpu bound game you still wind up with bogs it, it just i mean it'll run great but then it'll just bog way down so it, it's it's pointless to throw it in now
0: yeah yeah during a QA and a with the devs, someone asked about landing on uneven terrain, and they did say that in landing zones, it shouldn't be an issue. But if you're out in the middle of nowhere, choosing the correct landing spot will be the job of a good navigator. And that uh, you may not even be able to land in areas with something like a caterpillar with without the correct amount of space. Um, so that's one thing to keep in
1: mind and another balancing issue that they have with these different ships. Surely hydraulics would be able to regulate uneven terrain to a degree. I'm not saying like cliff sides, but like. At
2: least, yeah,
0: at least better than the uh, sitcom um, demo. <laughs> yeah, the freelancer that you can't, you can't, they couldn't get up into again. Yeah. Once they got out. Yeah, that was a little, a little yeah. silly. Yeah. Yeah, I think mainly what they were speaking of were like places where you might high center yourself, that kind of thing. Less so than just like slightly uneven. If you had a had a caterpillar which is like what twice the length of a freelancer, it would be twice as bad where the nose or the tail end, was just sticking way out of proportion. Um, if it wasn't in the right area, and I, I don't think the material would break, but it might just make loading and unloading logistically impossible. The April Subscribers Test Ship is the Gladius Valiant, so any subscribers that are actively subscribing on RSI will now have access to that for the month of April, as well as two new pieces of Subscriber Flare. By the 17th, if you subscribe, you get the Big Benny's Noodles vending machine, and then this month they've started the new Vivid Display Subscriber Flare, being the Deep Space Scanning and Astrographical Probe, which I think is what you see in the ICC missions.
1: Yes. Um question, actually, now mm-hmm. that uh, you mentioned the big bandage machine, does that mean that I'm gonna be getting free noodles or do I still have to pay for them?
0: I think you only get the free annoying
1: song. That sucks. <laughs> I was expecting free noodles, man. Come on. I'm not sure what
0: their end game is with that. I, I just I think it was supposed to be an in game lore flare kind of thing. Um, because they've said that they really don't want you to to, um, have to micromanage your avatar. uh, And I don't know. But they did say that in survival context, you'll still have to eat. So they've gone kind of both directions, and I don't know what to think at this point.
2: I think it comes down to this right here, is when the day comes, if there are enough backers that say – why can't I fucking fly this out here and, and sell people this things and why can't they eat them? If that's what it comes down to and people get behind that, they will put it down.
1: That's
0: fair.
2: Everybody will be eating and drinking and they'll, they'll make it happen. I've seen them do I,
1: it with other things before. So. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind having to worry about that stuff.
2: It'll come down to the community. If, if enough of the community really gets behind it and everybody else can stomach it, they'll just shove it in.
1: So. It's <laughs> like it's as real as life itself.
0: I personally would only like to see survival mechanics in a survival context. If I'm on a ship like an Idris and there's a cafeteria, just make it so it's implied that when I'm not playing the game and I've logged out, my character's eating and sleeping and doing all the things that's necessary. Because if I'm on an Idris, I'm not trying to play a survival
1: game. But if I'm on a desolate planet, it makes sense in that context. So you're telling me that just because you're on a ship, although you haven't actually mechanically like gone to the cafeteria and had something, it needs to be implied that your character has gone 72 hours without eating or drinking or anything.
0: Yes, because there's already a bunch of reasons why this game isn't full of simulation, and it's not the kind of gameplay that you would be looking for in that context. But if you're on a planet or in a survival situation where your ship, even if your ship becomes derelict somehow and you need to fix it, you know that, oh, I've got to have water in the next 72 hours. So I've got to get this system back online. Something that would make sense.
3: If you're on a ship, I think they should make it like, you know, when you're at home. On the weekend and you've got nothing to do and you're like at home for a long time you kind of eat and sleep and do what you need to automatically you don't think about it the whole time Mm -hmm. so if you're in a ship you're kind of in one of those safe environments where your character would go and uh, follow his needs like by himself and you wouldn't have to focus on it but if you're on a planet. They've already said that you would have so long until your survival systems in your suit last and then your suit runs out of battery or whatever else resources it needs. And from that point on, you would have to think about your survival until you can get back into one of those safe areas. Yeah,
1: I just don't think that you can draw the line at, oh yeah, if I am in the middle of the jungle, then yes, but if I'm in a ship, no. Like, because it wouldn't feel seamless, like this ever-living thing in a ship. But then the moment that you're out in the real world, you, you are like, oh, no, I need food. Like, I'm not saying that, that there should be breakfast, 11Z, second breakfast, or, or anything like that. Sure. You know, like, uh, but there could be a middle, a middle ground where every 24 hours, you need to take your space food that has all the nutrients that you need for the day and uh, your space energy drink uh, that gives you all the hydration that you need for the day and you're set. I'm sure they'll play around with the idea at some point or another and depending on how, how much screaming comes from the community, they might decide whether it goes ahead or not or whatever. Uh, I just think that if they do add thirst and starvation and those things, it should be something that should be we should have to worry about more often Uh, As in, well, all the time. That's what I mean. All the time. Uh, But just make it in a way where it's not like, oh my God, I have to eat again. Why me, God? Why me?
0: Yeah, there's balance Uh, to be
1: had. That's fair. Yeah.
3: It's not allowed to become tedious. Mm -hmm. Well, life is tedious. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Well, that's why we play Star Citizen. So I don't want to have to play Arena Commander because my life, my Star Citizen life is tedious.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's escapism (laughs) from the the life in the video game. That's not new.
0: (laughs) <laughs> a new level. So for ships, we know uh, a lot have been talked about as far as Beyond 3.0, and we will definitely get into that when we do a 3.0 and Beyond podcast later on this week. But for now, uh, we're just going to highlight a few ships that we know uh, are being worked on in the short term, we're more focus on the, cl- on the uh, more uh, 3.0 and prior um, work. So we know that the Adventure HUD, has now been uh, made semi-operational again with help 2.6.3. In 2.6.2, a lot of the HUD was not uh, really functioning correctly, like damage states and things like that. So now you have a bit more situational awareness. And for a new concept ship that we'll be seeing very soon, the Banu Defender has a role as a small fighter, possibly more than a snub, but less than an independent fighter. Um, But we also know that it won't be a single-seater. So it'll be interesting to see what we get. They just announced the price today. It'll be $185 US dollars. So we can expect some of that to be inflated by the fact that it's just an alien ship. Um, And we can also expect that the Banu Merchantman uh, will also go up in price as we've been warned in the past. Because this, you know, more than a single seater but small fighter ship is only $65 less than a Banu Merchantman at the moment.
1: Yeah, that the, 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 the ban- whoever bought a Banu Merchantman in the last sale or in the past, because it stayed on two fifty for a very long time, is going to see that value go up, up and up because that that ship is going to be the shizness.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's going to get significantly more expensive uh, unless it gets
1: significantly nerfed somehow. But I don't see that happening. No, I- the the rage, the, the pitchforks, and, <laughs> and the torches would be incredible. How much hype is there behind the Banu Merchantman being released? Come on, you yeah. can't do that.
0: So we know a few ships are coming out um, sometime in May. We know the Constellation Aquila is expected mid-May. The Cutlass Black sometime in late May. Dragonfly is uh, expected sometime around the Aquila mid-May again. The Prospector is actually expected early May, so we know that that has been worked on actively and is ahead of schedule. And the Ursa Rover is due out late May for completion, but we shouldn't expect to see it until 3.0 is expected, which is late June. Now, the whole sea we have seen in texture with animations and lighting work done on it, and it's coming along beautifully. It's much much farther along than I actually thought it would be, so I think it might be coming out in time for cargo mechanics. Um, We saw the Razor's work-in-progress render, and it looks great. We saw last week the uh, cockpit animations as well, which actually look awesome. It's probably my favorite cockpit animations I've seen so far. And then in a comment about the Idris-P's role, because it it lacks the railgun that the Idris-M holds, uh, CIG commented that it's more dedicated for patrol and scouting than direct engagement, like the Idris-M is. However... They did confirm that the Idris-M's Railgun will not be exclusive to the Idris-M and will be equipable on the Idris-P. So that's it for official Star Citizen information prior to our 3.0 schedule episode. But one thing we wanted to highlight from the community, the Next Great Star Citizen commercial competition. Now this is week two of it, and every week they've been releasing three entries that people have been working on for the last year. And it will go on for one more week and then be voted on by the community. So I highly recommend that everyone take a look at these and have your voice heard when the voting comes out. And really um, congratulate these people for the amount of work they've put into this project. And that'll do it for this week. A special thanks to our sponsors, Interstellar Diplomacy and The Black Suns. Visit them at robertspaceindustries.com slash org slash diplomacy and org slash suns. Thanks to everyone for listening, and we'll see you in the verse. See ya. See ya, guys. Bye-bye.
2: Okay, goodbye. (laughs) I never want it to end. (laughs) I think more than anybody, I can actually say this and have said this to them. It's your fucking job. Go goddamn do it.
1: Perfect. What the hell's going on in the podcast?